With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ain't no place like a cowboy place, ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at a rose in the way you're going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Good evening, good evening. Uh, yeah, back weekly buzz, as we said we would. Imagine we're actually doing something that we said we would, which is a, which is a very rare event at all. Um, we're in a quick pod tonight, given that the, uh, there was no matches at the weekend. There's really only a couple of injuries to, to talk about. and um, More or less, we want to have a look at what we expect to happen come the end of the season with transfers and stuff, because I'd say we'd be taking a very long break over the summer and possibly forever. Um, so in tonight, we've got a bit of an old crew and an old feel about it tonight. We've got Steve Daly and we have Dave Tom. Thomas, um, and that's about it. So we're going to crack on, and I don't know where I'm going to cut this in, but I'll cut it in. I love it, I love it. Right. Hashtag here to help. <laughs> Sunglasses. Okay, lads, so before we get started, yeah, just a recommendation for anyone listening to the pod. If you're listening to it on Acast, turn it down to half speed and you'll definitely get an hour on Pleasure Fest for the next hour because we're only doing a half an hour, so that's why you need to turn it down to half speed. It's basically going to sound like this where we all talk to each other like that and no. all. I'm having flashbacks to the WhatsApp to Shawnee to win my voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So there hasn't been much happening because there was no matches with the international break. But two things have come out of it in the last couple of days. Seamus Coleman, obviously a big player for Everton, um, smashes his leg all over the shop. Although... Hey, the Welsh took care of that. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. You wouldn't want to wish anything bad on, a, on an Everton player at all. Now, is that true, Dave? No. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't wish then... a bad thing on all the Irish players. But the, the, the only other—it's nothing to do with him being from Everton. Just, uh, just, just Irish. Irish. Yeah. yeah fair enough. Um, and then the other thing was I only saw it today Lalana's out for a month yeah with a toy injury which is obviously has a bigger impact which he picked up in an absolutely meaningless friendly that he was played in yeah was that a friendly they were playing yeah. in yeah it was a friendly match I he thought he played it. at the weekend 
No, he played two games. Didn't he? The he, first played, was the he played the, the Lithuania match against the Postman. Oh, did he play? Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Lithuania was a qualifier, played, but yeah. the first game against So Germany what I said, a, a meaningless friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they've put, they've given England that group specifically because they knew Gareth Southgate was getting the job. Yeah. And they didn't want the good manager going into the England job. Yeah. So they knew that Southgate... Would there's nav- no way would navigate them through that group and yeah. then they would yeah. fail miserably in the group stage while giving them another four year contract to take them through to the next World Cup while their and fans the all get job. battered <laughs> <laughs> behind Jermaine Defoe yeah Jermaine Defoe is there Jermaine Defoe fascinating I mean it's crazy it's fascinating so yeah Lalana's out Lalana's out that's a pain in the arse to be honest with you so let me tell you what's going to happen now everyone is going to clamour for Coutinho to be dropped into the midfield, yeah, right, and he's not because mm-hmm. Klopp has never, ever, ever played him, there. Mm-hmm. and uh, mm, he'll he play has. when when Lallana was out in December before he got injured. No, he played uh, when Aldam, Can, and Henderson. He, Coutinho has definitely played in there. Henderson season. got injured. I I didn't think Coutinho had played there since Rogers was there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, no, listen, I, I'm open to correction, but I think. No, he before did, Christmas, right. he played in that position. Before he then got okay, injured. so he's played in there once. Yeah, you yeah, know, but, but, but up till then, Lalana had yeah. been because if Henderson's fit, fit, you'd imagine he'll come back in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which looks like he's going to be fit. Yeah, yeah. Derby well, match. well uh, they're talking about him being on the bench, but Henderson's the sort of fella that if he's sort of eighty percent there, you can probably throw him in, and he, yeah, you'll get exactly. you'll get a good seventy minutes out of him, yeah. and we'll be three 0 up by then. I mean, I'd be almost tempted, right, to leave. Can at the at the base of the yeah. field and throw so Henderson further forward. Yeah. So would I play Henderson when Lalan has been playing. Yeah, and 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 it might it might be the better option just yeah. because Chan has settled yeah. there and and him and Wijnaldum have been they've had some good games there because the he played game, so. not not exactly there but he kind of played there and uh, Rogers didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. so Gerard behind him, him there with Coutinho in the midfield, mm-hmm. those three, and then obviously they had a better forward line. But I just I I don't like the idea of Henderson, Can, and Wijnaldum in the midfield against Everton. Uh, well, depend, like again, as in, I know Can and Wijnaldum as the two. Oh yeah, yeah, with Henderson players. behind yeah. it. Yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. I was yeah. watching Germany. I was like, oh, she's chance playing well here, isn't he? Then I realised he's Kadir. That Sammy Chan is some player. He's thinned out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's tall. I don't know. Hair is longer. But yeah, so he had a great performance. Great, great game. Since the fancy fourteen. Because if you bring Coutinho back, who are you putting in the front three then? Ben Woodburn. Throw him in. Just do it. Put him, play him where Lallana was then. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think he's got I don't know what to he play is. in that front three. I don't know what he is. But Coutinho hasn't had a good game in that front three since he came back. Yeah, so perhaps putting him into the midfield and allowing him to be on the ball a little bit more rather than just having to pick it up in, in yeah. pockets of the game. It might be the way to. Are to we? De- but are we then a little bit lightweight in this game, given yeah, everything's traditional mentality? No matter who the manager is, kick them up in the air. Is just to spend the time trying to kick Liverpool off the pitch. Uh, yeah, we probably are. But but you know what, Coutinho could be the ideal man to put them down to ten men in a game like this, playing in that position, mm-hmm. because you're going to have them. He's going to be able to pick up pockets of space ten yards out from the edge of the box, and that's where they will either not want to foul him. Or if they do leave themselves open to cards and stuff like that. Who's so. their midfield? Is it Barry McCarthy and uh, who's the guy no, they signed? It's 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 it's, it's a gay, isn't it? Gay, gay. Yeah, it's and, not Barry, and the young it? lad uh, McCarthy hasn't been getting in. Hasn't I don't getting, think getting, Simon no. Davies. No, um, Tom Stephen Davies. Tom something. Yes, Tom young, Davies. No, the young lad. It could be Tom. Da- I don't know what his surname. Something he's young. Davies. I can Tom, find, is yeah. it Tom Davies? It is. Yeah. 
Well, like, yeah. He's generic Davies player that comes out every year, a couple of years. Cur- in midfield. They all have curly hair as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 English player called. And Davies then has curly your hair. man is Ross Barkley still there? Yeah, he hasn't is signed. He still there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's been their best player, I think, apart from Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, your man uh, has been getting good reviews in the middle of the game. Yeah, Interesting, well. yeah, 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 for holding yeah, yeah. the midfield, whatever. Like they've got their shit together since we played them last, and they've obviously they have. they've done well because they've got the points on the board. Listen, and and they do manager. a win. They do a win. Oh no, they are. They, they, they do are a win. Us. This could be the win. I hate. I I'm with you on this, right? Because the long it's like City, right? We keep beating them, and it's all that does is bring the hammer in closer to yeah, where yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. Eventually, it's going to happen. Eventually, it's happening. Yeah, and this is the one time we don't want it to happen. No, every time is the one time. Yeah, yeah. No, never, I, 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 but I, I know what you're saying. They're so close to us that, and we we so badly need the three points this weekend that I now is not the time. It's not. It's 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 also just the whole space of where we are at this moment in time. Right? Is that it's so condensed at the top? Yeah. And it's going to feel like that if we don't, if we if we drop, drop any three points, points on, from yeah. here on in, because this is probably our last. Oh, it feels stop. massive. It feels like six points. Yeah. Nearly, you're giving it away. Because yeah. you know you know you have these games in hand. Arsenal have games in hand, and now yeah. you're just sitting there waiting for them to clock up. The yeah, you you need to be picking up your points and hoping that they drop points <coughs> in their games, because yeah. they're all they've all to play. Like literally, that top, other top five have a oh, huge amount of games against each City other. and United is the game in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And then United still have Spurs, Arsenal, and Chelsea. Chelsea. They got Chelsea next weekend. Yeah, or this weekend. Is it this weekend? Is it this weekend. I think it's Ch- it's either Arsenal, Chelsea, or United or Chelsea. I can't remember. It's one of yeah. the two anyway. And um, I think it could be Arsenal, Chelsea this weekend. Maybe, I'm not sure. Yeah. So United have a I tough run now. So. But I think yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> and uh the thing is about the Everton game is it is our it is on paper our last tough big game. game, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have Southampton, I think, is the other one you'd be a little worried about. But mm. no one else will armor Everton and then whoever we've got next, like well, we've got we've also got We've got Stoke in there, we've got West Brom in there. Oh yeah, they're... we've got West Ham away in there. Yeah, like when you look at them. Oh like, no, they're not easy games. Like no, no, but they they are games that you know we should be winning. We should be winning. Yeah. But when the pressure comes on back end of the season, you're thinking to yourself, oh, these are the type of ones that. Well, here's the here's the question: Is it is it the way the teams have played, or is it pressure that has caused us to fall falter against? Um, sorry, has it has, is it pressure that has caused us to um, excel in the big games? The pressure of it is that yeah. what gets us up. So if we go into games against West Ham away, but it's actually a more highly pressured game than if it was in the middle of October, do we up our level? Do, is that, do we see that from us? Do we see our top end game I also, coming from yeah, I think so. Or do I, we just bottle it as we have all more season? More and more teams are going to have more to play for. Okay, yeah. you know, West Brom and Stoke maybe not, but if you're playing teams who are in a relegation battle, they're going to come and play. Yeah. Because they, <clears> they have to come and try and get And I think that suits us. That I, I do think of all the players we could afford to lose... Lalana and Firmino are probably the two that make that system work the way it works. I know you're not Firmino's biggest fan, but he is critical no. to the way Klopp <laughs> Even Mane, well, Mane is another one, but for me, it's like Lalana is the most important player, I think, in Klopp's system. You know what? Yeah, listen, I've been, as you know, I've been given out about Firmino ever before. It was a big public thing that people Ever were gone. Before. Well, what I mean is, I tell you, the standards of diction on this podcast have gone way downhill <laughs> since I was last year. Ever before, yeah, that's not a phrase. Of course it is. Ever before, well, before ever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so basically, you say sixth. Don't come at me. <laughs> what um, do I say? You say sixth. Sixth. Yeah, that's the word. No, it's not. What's We've had word? this conversation before. It's an X, not a K. S-I-X-T-H. So you say sixth. Sixth. 
That's no, what I say. No. Sixth. Sixth. That's what sixth. I say. <laughs> sixth. It's the same thing. No, because you don't say one, two, three, four, uh, five, six. You say six. But yeah. then you drop this at the end when you put it in TH. You go sixth. Like half of England. Do I? Yeah. yeah. Uh, half of Britain do it. Sixth. I, I think it's not the half that wants wants to stay in the EU. Mo- no, Mo- no, they know how to say six. Yeah, the Scottish and the Northern Irish know how to say it. Yeah, yeah, they learn. Well, the English have a big anyway, problem. Let's get back to Firmino. Um, yeah, my big problem with him earlier on in the season was how much he was giving away the ball. And no matter what stats show you, I watched matches. I, I was in WhatsApp with you, and I would literally count them up and say, "There's eleven times in the game when an easy pass was on, yeah. and he's just Sticking giving away." Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then claim credit, and then give out when there's no credit given to me for them. <laughs> Um, stats yeah, I invented yeah, in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's the credit for my makey up stats? Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So like, but that was my problem with him. But now what's happened is it's become the usual Liverpool fan thing, whereby you have to be in a camp. You're either pro Firmino or you're anti Firmino. And if you're pro him, you find everything that he's first at, like running around and tackling, which are fucking. You know, <laughs> I, I love the fact that, I love the fact that people say he defends so well. He defends so well from the front. Well, maybe he does, but we still have a shit defence, so it doesn't really fucking matter, does it? I prefer, I prefer a striker that was sticking it in the fucking net and worry about the shit defence Maybe afterwards. he should go back and teach our defenders how to yeah, defend. Maybe, maybe, maybe he should, should play centre-half. Yeah. <laughs> um, we forgot, by the way, we forgot about Schneiderlin uh, when we were talking oh, about He's him. injured as well. Is he injured? Yeah. Well, he's, he's been in there um, Who kicked and, him? and Barkley has been huh? getting in. Who kicked him? Oh, he's French. Just probably mm-hmm. another Welsh guy, was it? Probably Take with a bit of luck, um, but Gareth yeah, Hill. the big the big issue for me is with Firmino. Yes, he suits a system, but the truth is he's not scoring nearly enough. And I know he scored two games ago, but I don't give a shit. He has a one in three ratio as our top striker. When we've had strikers like Sturridge, like Suarez, like Torres, whoever else, that were probably a one in. Well, Suarez had a two and one. Yeah, yeah, but we, <laughs> we've always had a striker that's in around a one. In 1.2, 1.4. But I think Suarez's that. first season and a half, he was similar to Firmino. He wasn't one in three. He, was, but, he, was, but, he scored 12 goals in his, in his first full season. But the only thing is, Suarez he, looked like yeah. he was going to score more goals because he kept hitting the post. Kept hitting the post. Yeah. The Dagnish. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. And he, he hit the post 42 times. Yeah, and he hit the post 42 times. And I think every one of us on this pod were saying, if, though, if he could just if if he just stopped hitting the post yeah. instead of putting but it in the post. But Firmino never ever looked like a natural No, I don't think he is. And I think that if you were... Look into look into that. Taking the names out of it, if you were saying who would you upgrade, you'd upgrade that position, position. Yeah. and move him probably to where I Coutinho wouldn't move is. him because he's been poison when he was out left. He was worse than he. Like I admit that he's played well when up front, even though he's not scoring. He's had good games up there when he was out on the left while Coutinho was injured. He was cap piss. That's mm. you know what I mean. There's I no. I I couldn't watch. I him think in he's game he's and, more complicated. I think it's more complicated than that. But uh, you know, I do see the point that he. Yeah. You want someone that's a bit more clinical. But then, if you get a thirty goal a season, if you get a twenty goal a season striker, but the team overall scores less, which Firmino does contribute a lot to that, yeah. we're actually down. So him individually, I don't really care. I don't care as much about it. it's whether he's actually having a positive impact on the rest of the team. Well, can I bring something in here, right? Because no. I think it's, it's something that, that <laughs> no, it's worth debating because it's around this issue, right? If Firmino is the striker, sorry, if Firmino's the player, the problem is Liverpool built a team around Suarez, right? Yeah. And they built the team to get the best out of Suarez. Mm. Right, whatever, the, whatever, Suarez is obviously a, a genius and fucking brings that team on again. Yeah. But the one thing Rodgers did do was set up the whole team to get the best as quickly as possible out of Suarez, whether it was either Gerrard's long prone passes from, from when he was sitting at the bottom of midfield yeah. or having storage there to have another foil for, to drag away more players to, to create space and continue to tread balls through the Suarez. But it was all about setting up around Suarez. I still look at Klopp's team and I say, right, great, we have a system, we have a format and a style of play, right? But who's he building the team around? 
No one. This is my thing, right? So if you're going to say to you, right, so we're saying that, forget the name, going to your point, forget the names, right? If you're saying that this system revolves around a non-traditional centre-forward, mm. someone who's going to drop out and play deep and maybe then have two wide forwards who are, who are almost other prongs that come in and fill in the central position, then that's the, that's the position that you build your side around. So in my mind, Klopp has either got to make a decision and say, well, I'm going to build it around Firmino and have Mane, who's good enough, obviously on the right-hand side, but it's that left-hand side that needs seriously upgrading, that needs either even a Hyungmin son at, at Spurs who's going to score 15, 16 goals a season, coming in, cutting in from left and scoring there. And Firmino, for all his lack of goals, he's still going to get one and three. So between my three strikers that are going to play in that position, I'm going to get the equivalent of 45 goals, which would be 20 and 25 if you had two central strikers, let's say. And I, and I think, and I think to be fair, he's trying to, to kind of do that. And I think where I challenge it a little bit is I think it's Coutinho's drop-off, which is the issue, not Firmino. But Coutinho, Coutinho, Coutinho was out for so long but, and so Firmino What I mean is off. that Coutinho role, right? Whoever's yeah. playing on that left-hand side, so it was Origi or uh, it was Sturridge or it was Lallana or whatever. So whoever's playing there... I think if you extrapolate out what Coutinho was scoring, the rate that he was scoring, to the games that he missed, I actually think we'd be much further up the table. So I think it's Coutinho, that drop-off, which has had a bigger impact than Firmino's drop-off, because he still scored 11 goals. Yeah, I, I don't have figures on this, but no. like I suppose we're talking, like, and even people on uh, Twitter came back, because I had a little moan about Firmino the other day, or I had a moan about that stat I saw with mm. them all, the number one, number one, number one, number one. And people came back and said, yeah, but we're the highest scoring team in the league. And I'm like, well, listen, it's April now. Where are we, and I could be wrong on this, but where are we since the 1st of January? <laughs> even the 1st of December. Where are we from the 1st of December, if you're to look at all the games that have, teams have scored in since then? We had a blistering start to the season where we were smashing goals past teams for the first three months. And in November, that stopped. And it hasn't really, apart from the odd game, it hasn't started again. So for all our blistering attack and, and oh, he adds so much to the team, the whole unit as a whole has changed the way it's been dismantling that, isn't teams. That, isn't that the case for every team throughout the season? You're never going to be at the same level for the whole season. No, of so course not. Chelsea have gone in the other way, right? Their yeah. first three months, they were a little dodgy, a little, yeah. and suddenly they click into it and now they look unstoppable. unstoppable. Yeah. You know, and so even their dodgy spell, the things that people forget about the dodgy spell was like, I think they had two losses in the run of their first yeah. 15 games and then won 15 So take Chelsea out of it for a minute, right? Every team has kind of got, has gone through that, right? Which is, like Spurs now, I think are on a, 11 game winning streak or 10, 10 games in a row yeah. or whatever they've won she might have not lost in the league since October or something. but they were you know they've mm. had wobbles themselves and they haven't always looked they've been lucky to get points so I, I think that I just don't think we were ever going to sustain that no and, and I'm not expecting us to sustain it but what I'm saying is a lot of the excuses around Firmino or our attack at the moment being made are based on information that's five months old and what I mean by that is nothing has, is being said about addressing the issues we've had for the last four months or five months since late November. And that's where we've struggled as a squad, as a team, as a club, whatever way you want to put it, that we haven't been able to change it up. We haven't been able to say, OK, Coutinho's injured, Firmino's struggling, we bring in Sturridge, we bring in Origi, or a named player. It doesn't have to be those players because hopefully it won't be them next season. Yeah. I'm hoping there will be a freshening up of it. But for me... The obvious thing is to to upgrade. Like it's always been sure, my no, call. You there's always no one upgrade. in that team that we can't upgrade. Exactly, there's exactly. No and if, if anybody thinks there's a player yeah, in that team nonsense. that's non, I see what happens is, and this is the 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 challenge of being a football fan. Sometimes is you obviously 
support a player or you you know you you become attached to players or or you think they're better than they are or you you know because you have to because you you know you want your team to win so and then what happens is you feel like you have to take it to that an illogical conclusion which is well we can't do better mm. but there's nobody we have that we can't do better absolutely and 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 that's that's something that i said back in august time i said i'm not going to have players that i want in the team this season yeah i just want to enjoy watching the team yeah. and I genuinely have become way less yeah, emotionally attached well. with the club with anything else yeah. in terms of this season it's been far more about just sitting down watching the game enjoying it and as soon as the final whistle goes I genuinely have no major feeling about what's just happened I've enjoyed 90 minutes or 100 minutes of Loads entertainment of and, and that's it you know what I mean I just enjoy that and, 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 and that's that um, so for me it isn't a case of wanting one player in or having a I'm in camp fucking Lovren or I'm in camp Matip or whatever it might yeah. be you know well okay, okay so let's, let's, let's yeah, I, I, and just on that point I'm exactly the same and I think that not to be fair that's come through in some of the pods as well it's like yeah. because it's not enjoyable when you feel so entrenched in your opinion that you spend all your time as a fan arguing your opinion. Or, or wanting to see somebody fuck up on your own team. Yeah. Wanting to see them fuck up just so you can tell someone else yeah, on Twitter exactly. how shit one of your own players is. Or Yeah, exactly. And, and f- so for me, it's all been about Klopp. I, yeah. I'm behind Klopp. Whatever he decides to do, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, when he brought Minile back in, I hate Minile. But I'm like, okay, there we yeah. go. That's what it's he's going to do. Yeah. You know, and, and the carrier's thing has died down. Sorry, Phil, I know you want us to move on. No, no, yeah. it's, it's not like, listen, we can talk about that all evening because there's nothing else to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, and it, it leads on, so, that, and it does lead nicely into the next bit, the defence. Because we are going to talk about somebody who, who divides opinion still, which is fucking ridiculous at this stage, right? Because he, he is what he is. Um, and that's who do we start the centre back like I, there can't be any rational minded fucking Liverpool fan out there that doesn't want Lovren to start in the derby no there's no rational mind out there's there there's tons of them out there but, to but th- anybody that picks Clavin over Lovren is just doing it because they have a thing about Lovren a thing about Lovren okay now how when, when they say Lovren how many microseconds does it take them to say but <laughs> we should still have Sacco. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know what? And I was looking at, and, and I'm actually happy for Sacco and I'm happy for the club. As much as I said he should go when he went because he'd, he'd done whatever he'd done, I'm happy to see him playing football and doing well because, number one, it's good for him. It's good to see good players at a club. It's no point in him playing for the under 23s or languishing, not training with our players or anything like that. So yeah. he's at Crystal Palace. He's getting games. People are putting everything that Crystal Palace do now down to the fact that Sacco's in the team rather than the fact that Sam Allardyce is a master at not getting teams relegated. Um, but from all of that, he's playing football and our asset is growing in value. So in the summer, we'll get the money for him that and we also, want. And also, I just... So two things on that. Just to, I agree with you completely. One, Sacco coming into the team has coincided with Allardyce changing the way they play. Yeah. Because when he first came in, they never won a game. And he was trying to play attacking football. And then they got hammered 4-0 by Sunderland. And after that, which just so happened to be in January, he apparently he had a meeting with his team and he went, right, we've tried it your way. We're doing it fucking my way now. Yeah. And he's gone back to defence first, long balls. We're doing it the exact way. I've saved every exactly. team I've ever yeah. managed from being relegated. I've given you all the rope you wanted. Yeah. You've hung yourselves repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we do the fat sum way. And yeah. then the second thing is as well, people talk about the Sacco thing as if it's a zero-sum game, right? Mm. That if you bring him in, there is only upside. As in, we will concede less goals. There is only a positive... You know, I, I saw people I actually respect saying, when is Klopp going to get over this pride versus performance? Da, da, da. But 
if you look at it at a bigger level, if you bring Sacco back, if he folds, if Klopp folds and brings Sacco back in, right? What happens the next time he has to like be tough or lay down the law with someone that the fans don't fucking love? Hmm. You know, suddenly then players think, well, he's all talk, this guy. Yeah, it's easy to revolt. And suddenly then players go from giving him 110% to give him 90% because I'll get away with it. He brought Sacco back. So it's not a zero-sum game. You've got to say the manager and, you know, Ferguson, if you read his books and you can say what you like about the prick, right? But he fucked off a lot of players when the minute called, they crossed that yeah. line, and he—it's not that he was didn't care who they were. Didn't care. It's but, not that he didn't even feel they could do a job no. for the team anymore. They, they fucking—they crossed his path. Yeah. They challenged his authority, and they were gone. He sold Beckham because he thought Beckham was distracted. He sold Yapstam because of a rumor about something. You know, and I'm sure yeah. there's more that have gone on in the background. Look at what he did to Roy Keane, all these players, and to argue that we should—and we've done Sacco to death—but you can't separate. His ability, well, you can try and separate his ability as a player and say, okay, if we had that player, let's say that player wasn't sack, called yeah. Sacco and we signed a player that was exactly the same, you can make that argument we'd be better. But he isn't. He's that player that took drugs, that didn't tell the club about it, that was then, after being warned about his conduct, and I'm sure Klopp at some level is like, you fucked up my chance to win the Europa League because we might have won it if you were there. He then takes the piss while he's on training. And you can love the guy, but Klopp can't let that. But it, and it's not the first time. No. People, have, people have blanked the what, storming out of the ground uh, before the last derby, derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when Rodgers dropped him. Yeah. No, listen, you know, he, he's, he's a temperamental bloke and, and, and mm. he's, a great, he's a very, very good defender. I wouldn't say he's a great defender, but, you know, he had potential. Yeah, temperament issues of PSG. Yeah, but I mean, listen, again, we're oh, no, this, this, this yeah. is the thing. It's, it's like there is, again, it's, 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 it's the camp Sacco, camp loving, right? You're looking at the derby at the weekend and we're saying, who have we got to pick from? We've got, we've got a choice of Clavin, Lucas, Lovren, um, Matip, yeah. and Joe Gomez. Yeah. Right? Now, two of them, two of them aren't choices. One doesn't exist, which means we've only got two centre backs at the club, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And the biggest criticism here It's not is like Clavin has come in and, and performed amazingly. In no. fact, he's been a fault, I think, for every goal we've come. You, know, well, you could argue yeah, he's been yeah, a fault for every goal. He's definitely got, he got out way lightly in the last game with a couple of crazy yeah. slide tackles that just he didn't <laughs> connect with anybody yeah. on, and the ball just gave but, chances away. But we're looking at a defence. The goals that we're conceding are, seem to come down the side Milner's on. Right? Milner and Clavin together is just a fucking disaster. Right? Yeah. You can't have those two old men down ones. I mean, Guardiola killed us down that. Just when pace and get the balls in as quickly as possible. Yeah. Don't let them. Don't give them a chance to, to recover. Get up close to you. Yeah, yeah. Get and that Koeman in. Who's going to look at the same? And he's going to say to Lukaku, pull out to the right. That's where Every you're going to win. You get in that Everything. channel. You get in right that there. channel between the centre half and that's where it's going. Or he's going to say, yeah. look, fake to go into to Matip, then cut back across Clavin. Yeah. And we'll get the ball into you as quickly as possible. Yeah, Morales, exactly. whip that ball in. Yeah. Don't even don't even take a touch. As soon as the ball comes to you, I want you hitting that front no, post listen, all the time. I, 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 listen, we, we don't need to go into a massive thing about Saka. We don't need to go into a massive thing about Lovren. I think we know exactly what our strongest back four is if you're being rational. But taking any of the feelings towards players out of it. It's Klein, Matip, Lovren, Milner. That's it. That's just what it is. That is our most solid, dependable. I think it's pretty obvious the club doesn't want to start next season with Lovren as first choice. I think that's pretty obvious by the leaks that are in the paper in terms of us getting probably two centre-backs, right? Yeah. So that means Clavin's going to go. It means Lucas is going to go. So we'll end up next year with Lovren as third choice, which I think is fine. Yeah. Matip and but see, whoever this, it's going to be. This is the other thing, Dave. This is what Liverpool fans can't get their head around. I said it, we, said, we said it last week and you said it as well. Look, 
Liverpool fans need to cop on, and it's not about four set choice, second yeah. choice, no. tour choice. It's about four, good four players. Half. Exactly. And, and whoever the be- plays, plays. The best performers play. It's yeah. not about, because if you're doing shit, I don't want a fella who's getting weeks to prove himself. Two yeah. games, you're shit, get out. Or bring yeah. in a fella who's just as good as you, or if not better. Yeah. Listen, it doesn't need to be Lovren drops out and Matip stays in. Whoever is best next season starts the season and as their form drops they come out and somebody else comes in or if they play brilliantly they stay in all season why and the other guys we, don't get a game and that's, why, have we, why were we so shit from the start of January to the end of February when we got knocked out of everything tell you why because we didn't have enough players yeah. Klopp's, Klopp's view of the squad was wrong going into this season he didn't have enough he might have thought to himself well I don't have Europe so I've got less competitions I'll be able to manage this going through but it killed us the Christmas period killed our momentum for January and he, February. He slightly killed us as well with his inability to freshen up the team. Yeah. He wanted to play the same 11 every game. Am I too far away? Is that okay? I'm allowed to count, I think. Um, but yeah, he wanted to play the same 11. His microphone's walking to bones. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to play the same 11 week after week after week. And it got to the point where boy, it wasn't week after week. It was three day after three day. Yeah. And that wasn't well, see, that's, sustainable. That's, that's the point. If he has players of equal, equal quality, right? if he has, instead of having 18 players there, he has 25 players there. He can change that team around a lot yeah. more. But the same issue that Rodgers had in 2013-14, where we're going into the run, you know, we got we, we win yeah. 13 or 14 Henderson games. gets sent off. Henderson gets sent off. Suddenly, you've got Lucas playing. Yeah. And Gerard. And Gerard. So suddenly then, you, you just one play. And how many times we during that run were we looking at the bench going, Fuck fucking hell. If anything happens to anybody here, we're in yeah. trouble. I mean, you've got a great yeah. 11, but after that... Well, know, look at the bench now. Yeah. We're saying the exact same thing again. Yeah. Well, well, that, the the difference is that is down to... Like, we had a full-strength squad at the back of 13-14. It's just that our bench was that piss poor. Yep. At the moment, it's down to injured players. When we have yes. everybody fully fit, mm-hmm. we have a good squad. Yeah. What we should be doing, as we keep on saying, and hopefully it will happen, number one, Klopp. This is his first full season. People will say, I'm being an apologist for him. I'm not. I'm saying everybody gets a chance to learn. If we have the same problem next Christmas, then he's a fucking idiot. There's no two ways about it. And I love the man as a manager and what he's done for the club. But if he goes into next season, whereby we are in the same way stretched across Christmas, then he's a fucking clown. But I also have a theory about Klopp, which is it takes him two seasons to work out the league. Because if you look at Dortmund, I think it took him four, right? No. No. Or three. He won. He got. He got finished running up in the third. It took him two seasons to figure out. Yeah, that's what I mean. All right, two two seasons to figure out. Third to really optimize it. Right. So, I think he's learning all the time. He's not a stupid guy. No. Right. So now he knows. Okay, Christmas is fucking mental. Right. And we. I thought it was mental, but now I know. Now I know it's fucking. This is incredibly mental. The fourth season was just like, whoa. Now it's like, holy shit! This doesn't change at all. Yeah. So first year is fuck. That's a bit of a fluke. Christmas was kind of mental. Probably be better next year. Yeah. Next year, it's like fuck. It's worse. This is how <laughs> this is how it goes, and particularly this season, where the way he's playing is so ingrained into the players that they don't really know how to do it at half mast, or they yeah. don't know how to breeze through games. We don't breeze through games. Nope. We blow teams away, or we fucking struggle. It, yeah. There's no middle ground. We're like we're either there or we're crap. Yeah, like for for me, what I would probably like to see is maybe three players go. This this summer, yeah, and maybe four. And what I mean by that is, I think Sturridge might go. I think Lucas will probably go. Yeah. I think Clavin could go, and one of our goalkeepers. 
I think Origi and, goes as well. Well, listen, if he does, he nah, does. Origi but stays. I think he stays. I, I think, think I think you'll Marino see him get enough in. games between now and the end of the season to stick around. But mm-hmm. I think Marino goes. Maybe he does. Maybe. But I'm saying I think four players go. Yeah. We don't need to lose any more than that. What we need to do is keep that core that we have there, upgrade four players, yeah. and then all of a sudden our squad yet again has extra depth, extra quality, and we're in a position. Well, the key to it is not by squad fitters. Boy, no, four, no, it needs to be four players that go straight into that fourth team, and, and they don't need out. to be fifty million that, pounds. I think players. that's his plan, right? So he's going to buy. Okay, the goalkeeper is probably the one contentious thing. Whether he goes with Carrius again, right? But he's going to buy a centre half that he views as a starter. He's going to buy a left back that he views as a starter. Mm. He's going to buy a midfielder that he views as a starter, and he's going to buy a forward player that he views as a starter. There, there, that's the yeah. four. I right? think. I think is yeah. I think his other as options are fine. I think, he signs, I think he still signs two more. Oh, I think you'll say seven. I do. Yeah, I think like, but I think there'll be young starters in in the mold of yeah. the idea of a, of a or, or you know that type of player where where the the view is that they'll come through during the season as opposed to necessarily start the season. That's being, fine, but they're afterthoughts. They can't be the ones that get announced on July first. My point is, he has had, and this is a criticism I've had of Rogers of every manager. The best person I saw do it was was Jose Mourinho in his second season at Chelsea, and he just said. It's March now. I know what I need. I need fucking Fabregas. I need Costa. Um, and and, and it's the fucking second of July. They were, deals were done. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you were looking going, fuck, that's exactly what Chelsea needed. Yeah. And and any manager, and it should be the same for, for Premier League. If, if we are in a position of strength, if we are the ninth richest club in the world, if we had a negative um, net spend last year, there's no reason why he doesn't have the funding to do it. It doesn't have to be four fifty million pound players because as we've seen with Pogba, it doesn't necessarily matter. This is my issue with the whole fucking Van Dyke thing, which yeah. is spending fifty million on a fucking centre. My well, thing with the, the Van Dyke thing is he's a good defender, but like he's not this incredibly world class, brilliant defender. He's not that, Fabio Cannavaro no. or fucking Paolo Maldini. No. Now my point is if Klopp thinks that Van Dyke is the man for him, because fans have decided he's the man for him, <laughs> Klopp hasn't. But if he does decide and he has to go and spend forty million or he's to give twenty five million with Sacco because Southampton are reportedly interest, whatever it might be, fine if that's what he wants to do. But yeah, he's going home to the fan. <laughs> he's going home to the fans that love him. But I'm saying if that's what he has to do, that's what he has to do. But I agree. Let him do it. Do you know what I mean? If he wants to spend four million quid on a fucking defender, like we, everybody's banging on about the Rolls Royce that is Yol Matter, but he was free. This is my exact point, and this is why I do have an issue. And I'm, you know me, I'm always the person that says I don't care about the money. Let yeah. him spend whatever. We don't need to spend fifty million on a centre back. We don't need to. Look at Matip, mm. right? That he was free. So, and I think that you know, Andy said, "Oh, you like to spend uh, thirty million on Rio Ferdinand fifteen years ago." Yeah, that's true, right? But that was in today's money. That's a ninety million. Yeah, no, no. Right? Rio Ferdinand at the time was a, a player who'd gone to to Leeds, and everybody could see was world clearly world class player. Yeah. player. But United you know, were also coming from a, at that point from a point of strength where they were league winners. Yeah, they were, they, 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 were, league winners. they were perennial but, league winners. But, yeah. You know, you got Otamendi, you got Mangala, that's two at City, right? You had David Luiz in his first time at Chelsea. Yeah. Um how much did Gary Cahill cost? He was six million, right? Or yeah. twelve million. Yeah, he wasn't like big money. Fucking Kurt Zuma's five million, you got I mean John Stones was 50, uh, 50, 50 million. million. Yeah. I mean come on. It's a, no, it's it's, it's it's a fact that nine times out of ten Price doesn't necessarily guarantee quality. It doesn't, you particularly know I mean? with defenders. Yeah, but anyway, good scouting with, with identifying talent is what's important. And I said to you before, I think one of the key attributes of all the players we signed this year has to be not signing a fella from Middlesbrough or Burnley yeah, no, winning or winning mentality. Hull. 
we have to sign a fella who's used to playing and challenging at the top end of the league and knows what the pressure's like when it comes on. You can carry, you can definitely bring players through, one or two. Yeah. But when you're trying to bring a whole squad full of fellas who are coming from mid-table and you're trying Champions to turn them into, into regulars, into and winners. to be fair to to be fair to Klopp, right? I think his hit rate in the market is pretty good, right? I don't think you know. I'm trying to think who've we signed that and the Klopp where you're like, fucking hell, that's a Charlie Adam that is, or that's a yeah, fucking. Uh, <laughs> love run for a season I did look at Wijnaldum at the start and say oh, look at him now this punter is yeah, fucking still yeah. yeah you were fucking way off in that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah for no. every Markovic you get a Wijnaldum let's be honest right <laughs> you, have to, you, have to, you have to get the trade off somewhere yeah 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 that has to be balanced for every you know you and your knee jerks and you, you know you've got a 50-50 shot <laughs> yeah, so you just go shit be yeah, shit don't care what anybody says and the best thing is if it turns out Wijnaldum turns back to shit again yeah, I told no. you it was shit. It was just. But a you know what I've discovered? <laughs> it was only a purple patch. What we all need shit. to realize is when we sign a player, you got to ask yourself: Can Phil make a pun of his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, if yeah, Phil yeah. can make a pun of the name, that's a, that, he's, he's written him off. Yeah, he's instantly that was it. gone. Yeah. You know, the minute Markovic signed, the demo <laughs> said he looks like Benny Hill, or he runs like Benny Hill. That was it. Yeah, he could have scored a goal a game. Knees. That was can't done. Bend his can't knees. bend his knees. That's it. Fairness, it seemed to affect him. Yeah. Akwalakovich was that what you were Penny Akwalakowningovich Penny Akwalakowningovich <laughs> but when Adam's been great yeah just on, on, on he's uh, grown into the role he's grown into the role yeah 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 he has definitely grown into the role and he's, he's a, a big game player I would say that's well in definitely. fairness and he's a big game home player yeah and you know what? That's okay because if we have to play him twenty times next season, yeah. in all of the home matches and a couple of say we play him twenty four times next season, he plays all the home games and he plays fucking six six uh, <laughs> six away matches against top six rivals. Gets his and bonus, he does, and, he doesn't, and he doesn't play the rest. You know, he plays Europe over in Europe. Happy days. That's it, but that's like, okay. The thing is though. I don't mind if he's doing really well because I know it'll just piss me off that he's doing well but like it'll piss me off in a way that I'm delighted we're winning. Yeah. yeah. He's Fernandino. Yeah. He's not going to play every game. Yeah. But, but the, you know the, the other thing about him is and it's your point you know United have Park there and we're looking at look at all the quality around Park yeah. and then but all the time big games the whole he lot. He was a player that came that in and did a job to, for Well Ferguson just came out and said his biggest mistake in the last 10 years of his career or something was not playing Park in the Champions League final. Mm. He said, because he'd been instrumental getting him to there, and then he dropped him, and he didn't name him in the squad. And he yeah. was like, that's the worst thing I did, was not play him. So there we go. Yeah. Come in. I've quoted Ferguson twice in this part. No, listen, you know what? Welcome to the Manchester United Trippers. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but I you, think we you, more fun you, can't, you can't take away from the I fact that the, the man was the best manager for the exactly. last 20 years. So exactly. you have to, uh, listen, b- people who are really bitter will, will say, no, fuck him, I will always hate him. But you know what? I don't anymore. I honestly don't. I, I, I look hate. back on him. I never hated him. I hated yeah. him because I wanted Arma Ass to be as good. Yeah. I, I wanted, hated him because he was so successful. Yeah, well, now, you look, now you look at it and you say, right, well, what was he good at? Now, obviously, to... I'm not talking about tactics and stuff like that, but the way he managed the club, the way he was exactly. ruthless in his management, the way he always evolved and changed his mind. That's, that's what, that was the secret of his longevity. Even when he couldn't do the coaching, he was, brought in somebody. I was only did... thinking about it there the other day, about how he, wasn't it Brian Kidd he booted, and, yeah. and or Brian Kidd took the, the Blackburn, Blackburn job, job, and immediately he goes, Jim Smith has fucking Steve McLaren, a young lad, doing lots of modern things at coaching, Derby. Yeah. He goes in and says, I like the look of you. Yeah, you're coming to Man United well, now. You know, and it was funny, always right? a draw. Compare it to like, um, not to be, but compare it to Rogers when he replaces his backroom staff. Right? Yeah. So Ferguson, you know, in that situation goes, so after McLaren goes, he goes, right, I need something completely fucking different now. Goes to Portugal, Queeros, gets Queeros, yeah. brings him in. Apparently he was like the best yeah. fucking coach ever. Then he, you know, Queeros goes and he goes and gets Mullenstein and he's yeah. like this Dutch guy who's, so Rogers goes and gets like O'Driscoll. 
yeah, and McAllister. Yeah. And it's like, and even Pep Linders, who is the probably the bright one there, was forced on him yeah. by the rest by the club. So, you know, it's it's little things that that's leadership is about going. I know what I can't do anymore. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm not good at. You know what? You have to take into account there as well. Ferguson was much older at the point when he was doing that than yeah. Rogers. Rogers may have felt a little bit threatened by people coming in with yeah. new novel ideas. So you, that, And that's a natural human instinct yeah. in a lot of people. But I'm surprised oh. Rogers didn't go the other way and said, okay, I'm going to bring in an older person. Yeah, I'm going someone to bring really in experienced. The, the, the Bobby Ranick. Robson to his stand stomping. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, Poor old Bobby. A Ranick or somebody, from, like a, bi- a big yeah. name coach who'd, who'd stepped out of wanting to be a yeah. force team manager. Yeah. Who, who does kind of the most strategic, the oversight, because yeah. Rogers likes to He's great coaches. as a coach. So, yeah. so listen, we're getting to the, towards the end of the season. Here's a question, right? Where where do you target for for players like and this is a, an ongoing well, the, debate. The, the one thing know? I want to close up on on, yeah. on the match coming up and it's oh, yeah. sort of comes so into this right. Yeah, yeah. Klein has had a little bit of a drop off in form, since definitely since Christmas, right? Yeah. And we have Terence Trent Alexander on the bench. Yeah. Sign my name across my heart. Yeah. And <laughs> he is absolutely <laughs> ripping shit up every time he plays. And in fairness, when he's come into the force team, he's been excellent. Is there? An argument now at this stage to start giving him a few games and even at the expense of moving Milner out of the left back position playing Klein at left back and playing Alexander down the right wing. No. In no. my opinion. No. No. Uh, for me Milner stays in at left full Klein stays at right full and you don't fuck around with it because we're at a point in the season whereby two things can happen. That young lad can get butchered in a game his confidence is shot to pieces and we at a crucial point slip behind our rivals and all of a sudden not only is it us having fucked up and maybe missing out on top four, but also it's people pinning the blame on him. And and it becomes very hard to come back, especially with our fan base, because they are so partisan. It becomes very difficult to come back from that, in my opinion. That's that's the way I would feel about it. So so I'm 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 cool about giving them game time, but I wouldn't be putting them in to take Klein out for no reason. So I agree with Steve but for different reasons, I guess. So I agree that I wouldn't make the change and I wouldn't play him at right back and my reason is I don't think he's a very good right back I think he's a better midfielder than he is a right back and I mm. would I think his future if you watch him for the under 23s and where he plays he plays in the middle and he's got two good feet he's great passer he's got great engine energy I don't think he's got the concentration or the physicality to play in defence yet he yeah. might go on to develop to be a very good right back but right now I mean he's too small I think to play uh, in our defence right now because we expect our fullbacks to do so much in the game I think his future is in midfielder I'd like to see him get, get game time but I'd be bringing him on instead of Lucas into the middle of the park rather than uh, put him at right back now I'm sure lots of people are going to disagree with me but I don't see him as a fullback well right I, I don't think he's been as yeah. great as people no. have said he has I was going and, to and agree I think with you Klein there. has been better I think and there's been a rose think, yeah I think there's been a rose tinted view I, because he's a kid I, I and he's coming through the academy and everybody wants that next kid to come through it's like Ryan McLaughlin right yeah everyone said Ryan McLaughlin was the next big thing and now doesn't he get a game and blah 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 and where is he now he's at fucking Tramir is it or something? I don't know where he is. Yeah. So but, uh, I, I, that can happen. That can happen. That's I think enough, he's but a I talent. Think... I just don't. I think because he's come in and played right back for us, people go, "Well, he's a right back," and I don't think he is a right back. I think he doesn't play there mm. as regularly as people think for the the lower league team uh, for the junior teams. Yeah. And 
he's a, he's such a talent that I I think if you put him in a fullback when he's not physically ready for it, it could destroy him. It could actually like yeah. No, I, I don't know. think it's I don't think yeah. that's the move to make. Lots of people do, Phil. Lots of people agree with you, but I think we keep that's our back four. You know, absolutely. But I think we keep. It's our not back my point. It used to be that you'd blood like a young centre half at right back, right? Mm. So if yeah. you think about you know it's where we played Wisdom, it's where we play Carragher, Gomez, Gomez, Henshaw, whatever, right? You know, you bring him in, you give him a good fullback. But those days are gone, particularly in the Klopp system, where you're probably going to have the so ball yeah. so much, right? You're the outlet for so much of the play. I wouldn't play him there. Okay. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Sorry, I was asking about transfers, and I was saying, you know, for me, our focus, and, and I'm going back to the fact that, you know, we are the ninth richest club in the world, whatever it might be. For me, our focus should be on the players that can't quite get into the elite level teams. Mm. So if you, you know... You see it all the time. A player signs for Sevilla or they sign for, you know, whoever it might be, um, you know, from a, a, a player that can't get into the Real Madrid team, a player that can't get into the Barcelona team or the Atletico team. Same with in Italy. Players that drop down from Juve end up at Roma, end up at, um, yep. at, at fucking Napoli or wherever it might yep. be. We have to be going to the Romas, to the Napolis now and saying, we're taking your player and be actually ballsy about it. Not this is, I think, one of our biggest problems. We, I think, our recruitment team don't believe in themselves anymore, and don't you know? We, we, there's no money in Italy apart from Juventus, probably, that are able to compete with what we can offer. So why aren't we going and attracting those players out of there? Mm. They're really tough. Yes, Juve are always Sony. going to get. Juve are always going to get the the pickers the nicer. team. I know, I know. But listen, you know what? Two years, they they have to be looking at it and saying, I haven't got my move to Juve yet. Okay, well, I go to the Premiership. And I do well there. I'm going to Bayern, Barcelona, Real Madrid, City. or Juve. No, fuck City. Fucking Kip. But, you know, what I'm saying is that, that is the fact. They don't need to go to City for money from but us. They've a, they've a commuter playing back and forth. <laughs> and everything. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but I'm just saying, this is the way. Okay, well, you know what? Fucking go to Germany then. And, and take the best players that play Champions League football there that aren't with Dortmund and aren't with... But does, isn't that what it looks a bit like now? Like we're talking about going and getting um, Dortmund and the <laughs> see he's fucked before he even comes in if he does come in Julian Kite uh, yeah. <laughs> he is though it's, he's as ugly as him the works he's, he's, he looks yeah, a bit chunkier than him though I have to say like the one thing I, I, turned on, diet, I turned on the Dutch football day the other day and I thought it was like you know a match from 90 from whatever 2012 or something like that because Kelt's playing on the right wing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a live match. And fucking Brad Jones and goal. <laughs> Brad Jones is in goal. I was like, what's going on? Hang on a minute. I've seen these guys before. <laughs> Brad Jones? But yeah. But no, like there's 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 lots and lots of quality out there. And you just have, listen, we just have to sit back, chill out, and hope that our fucking recruitment team can do it. Doing a good they job. haven't let us down a huge amount, but they haven't had long enough to do a great job. So if you look at what we signed last summer, it's turned out pretty fucking good. You know, not they didn't spend a huge amount of money, so Clavin was always going to be just a stopgap. Yeah, you know, uh, no, they they did they sign Clavin before the Sacco thing? No, uh, it, was, it was around about the same time. I think he knew Sacco was probably going to go. Yeah, maybe maybe he, did, maybe he didn't. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, just saying that, I'm just saying that maybe maybe he was signed before that. But anyway, but I, I think he said. I think I, I think the real car and, and and Paul has said it before on this. I think the core thing was there that the Sacco thing wasn't planned for. Clavin was going to come in anyway as the fourth choice. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, that's what I was getting at. The fact that Clavin was just brought in as a backup. You know what I mean? He was just there to play some games. Because he brought Calgary in last year in yeah. January. Yeah, he, he was just him, there for that. And unfortunately, shit happened that it didn't work out. You just have to hope that this summer 
we don't have as many outcomes. We don't have any major fucking traumas or any major drama, whatever you want to call it. And we can just add fucking four quality players to what Do we, we have fear to. Lukaku at the weekend? Yeah, of course you should. Yeah. Of course you should. He's the best striker in the league. But he's the only striker, the, the, the only club he seems to score. I wouldn't necessarily right? agree with him there, but... No, but he's yeah. the, the only club... The, well, the only top six uh, club... Who would, I, who would I fear more? Yeah. Sanchez, probably Costa as well. I mean, we played Arsenal, Sanchez didn't do too much. Ah, he came in on terms, and caused in, the goal in terms immediately. Of, <laughs> but I, I think Lukaku... Okay. In terms of style... What I mean is, it's a subjective debate, but there's no much to choose. No, no, no. He's right? one of the so best strikers in the Premier League. I think absolutely. he's phenomenal. But I, I, think, think, I think Harry Kane is probably well. No, but I, I think I think that his <laughs> attributes are exactly the type of attributes that air defense tends to struggle with. He's very yeah. quick. He's very powerful, and then he'll be shit. And then he'll be shit. Yeah. Well, he, you know, uh, I suppose there's lots of Everton fans out there who give out shit about him because he's very ineffective for large parts, and then. <laughs> Burst into life, but this is this is the storage argument where we were giving out that he used to do fuck all on the pitch, and then he'd, sc- he'd score nearly a goal a game, and we were saying, "Well, look, as long as, as, long as he's scoring a goal a game, none mm. of us give a shit." And I he think, stopped I scoring a goal a game. Lukaku, let's say into Arsenal's team, they win the league. No, I know, I, I know what you're saying by that. Yeah, I, I, I like still, if I was Wenger, no, I, I still summer, think they, they bend over. They will have a fatal flaw somewhere. Yeah, they'll still fuck up and and have. I it's think like, if, if I don't understand why Arsenal didn't buy him, if Lukaku was swapped for a Giroud, I know what you're saying. And and well, no, I can see like Wenger is essentially. Moff Tarkin on the death start. No matter what he does, he's going to leave a fatal flaw somewhere in that death start. Right? Like that's basically everything that's going on. Well, we're not just we're going to just fence this up. No, no, yeah. it's, it's fine. I like it, Harry. <laughs> Will we take it out of the plans though, so that nobody can? No, no. Fuck, who's going to see the plans? Leave who's it there. See the plans. I want to see there. the whole thing. Yeah. Hopefully, then whoever comes in as Wenger's replacement is like the first order replacement as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, built yeah. a planet-sized version of a brilliant. <laughs> You, you definitely left out the vents and the, the, the lads. I've just had a look at those uh, those plans, and there's no fatal flaw in them. Can somebody put a fatal flaw? <laughs> <in place? laughs> and why were the why were the plans kept after it had been built? Well, plans are always kept after stuff is built. In case you have to fix it, why or rebuild it? Because somebody's gone in. If you're good enough to build a fucking floating Death Star, surely you can hide the plans or work off like. Yeah, a they could have just version. encrypted them. You Let's know, be honest. <laughs> Some simple four-letter password would have done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just not leave them on the desk. Plus, it's caught. You know, they. Uh, I don't put these plans. Don't worry, just, just leave put them, them there. Just put them over there in a folder called Clean. plans. <laughs> why are they? Why is it a secret weapon? It's a secret Clean weapon desk policy. that they've called the Death Star. <laughs> it's not much. It's not really secret. It? Yeah. I think the rebels caused it. It's yeah. called. It's called. Uh, yeah, the death star. What's that? It? No, we were going to call it the awnings. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was it put was a planet taken. down the road and just called themselves that. <laughs> so we bastards. called it Excalibur Cottage. But someone else had that as well. So we came up with Death Star. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't we checked the registry. No one else had that. No yeah. one else had Death Star. No, it's not really a star either. It's a moon. Yeah, <laughs> it's a moon. We thought that would throw you yeah, off. Yeah. Oh look, there's another moon in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, the Death Moon just didn't have a ring to it. So, so basically, Arsene Wenger is part of the Empire basically yeah he looks a bit like he could be a he, he could him. you could put the uniform on yeah, him with the whole yeah, lot yeah. Yeah. he could do it yeah. he looked fairly well on him football and uh, Liverpool and Everton so do we win yeah who won it'll be horrible you Dave 8-0 8-0 <laughs> thanks Phil Phil shout we lose 11-2 I reckon it's a draw Okay, so as ever, look, big thanks to the lads at the Astro Park for letting us use the facilities here. As ever, Dale and the whole lot, good lads, um, and they always look after us really well up here. Um, 
you know where to find us at this stage on Twitter. The links will be out at some stage tomorrow. I don't know even what I'm going to call this because I can't remember half the stuff that's gone on. Um, the lads in Taw, as far as I know, are up for British Podcast Awards. Um, so if you log on there, that the BritishPodcastAwards.com forward slash vote and stick in the Anfield rap, do so because, look, let's be honest about it, they are the best um, British podcast that's out there. Um, obviously, we're not British because we're European. Um, apart from that, we are definitely the best European one. Um, so anyway, until next week, um, that's a wrap for tonight. Um, and God knows what we'll come back. Hopefully, we come back with a derby win. Um, and then we look forward to the run into the end of the season, which hopefully leads us into Champions League football. And maybe Champions League football will be enough to keep us going for another season. Uh, but in the meantime, good night. God bless. Touches next week. Down to recruitment as well. Yeah, if, exactly. if, if, if what we don't know and what nobody really knows is what level of input Klopp has had into transfers in yeah. Dortmund. Yeah. Right? We don't know. There's, this, there's always been this thing, oh, Zork did all the transfers yeah, in Dortmund. Yeah. Yet when he came in, he brought in your man, what's his name? Buvak and the other guy. What's the back of back? Peter, isn't it? Peter. Is it Buvak and Yenko? Yenko. Yenko. In love. Um, Peter in love. Um, Peter in love. (laughs) (laughs) Brought him in. And he was, he's, he's Klopp's right hand man when it comes to scout. Yeah. Right? So fundamentally, we are now resting our laurel, well, we're resting our hopes on Michael Edwards. And. Who is the Trev. Michael Edwards is dead. He's dead. He's dead. And uh, if we ever talk to Trev again tonight, it we... wouldn't surprise me if FSG were like, you know, they're fucking always mourning about a director of football. Let's just make one up. Yeah. Let's call him. What should we call him? Well, what's your name? Your name's Mike. What's your name, Ed? Ed. Michael Edwards. There we go. Michael Search on Edwards. Search on images for. You know, uh, <laughs> generic, generic guy. <laughs> <laughs> then, Ray, can you Photoshop bland generic because guy? Nobody's into... ever seen him before. No. Nobody's ever seen a picture. It's like of Joe him Gomez. Ever. Yeah. Joe Gomez. We assume Joe is this fellow that played did. three games. I have never seen him. Well, uh, if he still exists, I four mean, games disappeared. Now, wouldn't he? <laughs> he disappeared. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Podcast Network.